Hello there, and welcome to this sermon podcast. My name is Josh Ling, and I'm one of the pastors here at Epping Presbyterian Church. And a very special welcome to you if you're joining us for the first time, either from our website or from your landline. That's right. Now, thanks to the work of a team of people working behind the scene, and thanks to technology, it's possible for people with low tech or no tech to access our sermon podcast every week by calling a local number from their landline. The number to ring to access the sermon is 91389538. There will be a new sermon on this number every Sunday, God willing, until COVID is over or if Jesus returns in the meantime. But please help us pass this information around so that everyone in our community can have the opportunity to hear the Word of God preach, even if they don't have a computer or a smartphone. The number to ring again is 91389538. The other important piece of information to pass on is about our community care packs. These are ready and available for anyone in our church or in our community to pick up if they know someone who might need some help to get through these tough times. And a way to get in touch with us is via the email community at eppingpresbyterian.org.au. Hey, we know that the email works because the first person who wrote to us is Bill Baker. Hey, Bill, thanks for writing to us. And yes, we will make the information about the care packs and the email available on our website and Facebook page. The care pack is just one of the many ideas that we have to help you care for each other and for the community. And we know that others are doing different things like getting the whole street on a WhatsApp group or dropping a letter with your contact details to your neighbours and friends. Whatever it is you're doing, we want to encourage you and support you to be living witnesses for Jesus in this time. So keep up the good work and keep your spirit high. We know it can get a bit crazy with everyone working and learning from home. There's a lot to adjust to at the moment, so take it in your strife. We've got a long road ahead, so be kind to yourself and show some kindness to the people around you. Now, the same email, community at eppingpresbyterian.org.u, is also the one to use if you want to send in any community prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you and to find out how we can continue to help you get through this period of time. Okay, that's enough church and community news. I'm going to lead us in prayer, and then we're going to hear the Bible read for us. You might want to get ready and open your Bible to Revelation chapter 10 and 11. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, bless our time now as we feed on your word, the way John feeds on the scroll. Your word contains both the sweetness and comfort of salvation and the bitterness of judgment and discipline. I pray that we will accept both of them as the one word of your revelation for us today. Above all, we pray that we will know and see Jesus as the Messiah, whose kingdom has now come. We pray in his name. Amen. Revelations chapter 10 Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. He was robed in a cloud with a rainbow above his head. His face was like the sun, and his legs were like fiery pillars. He was holding a little scroll which lay open in his hand. He planted his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land 
and he gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion. When he shouted, the voices of the seven thunders spoke, and when the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from the heavens say, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. Then the angel I had seen standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven, and he swore by him who lives for ever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, the earth and all that is in it, and the sea and all that is in it, and said, There will be no more delay. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished, just as he announced to his servants the prophets. Then the voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me once more. Go, take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel who was standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and asked him to give me the little scroll. He said to me, Take it and eat it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Then I was told, You must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. Chapter 11 I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, Go and measure the temple of God and the altar and count the worshippers there. But exclude the outer court. Do not measure it because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for 42 months and I will give power to my two witnesses and they will prophesy for a thousand two hundred and sixty days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone tries to harm them, Fire comes from their mouths and devours their enemies. This is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. These men have power to shut up the sky so that it will not rain during the time they are prophesying. And they have power to turn the waters into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. Now, when they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss will attack them and overpower and kill them. Their bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, men from every people, tribe, language and nation will gaze on their bodies and refuse them burial. The inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other gifts because these two prophets had tormented those who live on the earth. But after the three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them and they stood on their feet and terror struck those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies looked on. At that very hour, there was a severe earthquake and a tenth of the city collapsed. 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake and the survivors were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe has passed. The third woe is coming soon. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who were seated on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, 
We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were angry and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your saints and those who reverence your name, both small and great, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and within his temple was seen the ark of his covenant, and there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and a great hailstorm. Here's a question to start this sermon podcast. Are you a fan of the jigsaw puzzle? Currently in the Ling family home, we're working on a 1,000-piece puzzle together. It's there in the living area on a table, and anyone can work on it. The idea is that we work on the puzzle together, but at our own time. I started it, and someone else might continue where I left off, and ultimately someone else might be the last person to complete the puzzle. Lately, I found it helpful to work on solving the puzzle to help me relax. It's been a crazy few weeks with all the changes in our workplaces, schools, and church. Now that we all had to cope with every single member of the family at home all the time, wanting to access the internet all at once, the jigsaw puzzle is a good way for an introvert like me to blow off some steam. And so if you're an introvert like me, married to an extrovert, try doing a jigsaw puzzle. It might do your marriage some good. The jigsaw puzzle is also a good analogy for the way prophecy works in the Old Testament. Imagine all the Old Testament prophets, each holding only certain pieces of the one puzzle, each of them putting their pieces in place as they speak the word of God. And so with time, gradually, progressively, the revelation of God's purpose and plan becomes clearer and clearer as the prophets piece their puzzles together. Except that unlike our jigsaw puzzle, which has a picture of what the finished solution looks like, these prophets had no idea what the final picture looks like. The people received the revelation of God in installments, and they had to guess at what it means. To them, it is the mystery of God. But now, the puzzle is complete. The mystery of God is accomplished as announced by the mighty angels of God in Revelation chapter 10. This sermon has three application headings as we look at chapter 10 and 11. Firstly, we learn that the chief end of mankind is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. You would recognize this as coming from the Westminster Shorter Catechism, but this is really the key point of our sermon today. And then following on from that, if the chief end of humanity is to glorify God and to enjoy Him, then how should we prioritize our lives if we are going to serve God? So secondly, second application is that we want to immerse ourselves in the Word of God so that we can speak the Word of God to our family, friends, and our neighbors. The point that I want to make is that we are all small p prophets. And thirdly, finally, we're all going to be living witnesses for God, just like Jesus and the two witnesses we see in chapter 11. So let's begin with our first application. The lesson is that the chief end of mankind is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Now chapter 10 is an interlude 
a pause in the ongoing judgment between the sixth angel blowing his trumpet and the seventh angel, just like there was a pause between the opening of the sixth seal and the seventh seal back in chapter 7, when God's people were sealed for salvation with the name of the Father and the Lamb. Chapter uh, Chapter 10 opens with the appearance of a mighty angel who came out of the heaven from God coming onto the earth. Notice that the perspective has changed. John was no longer in heaven in the throne room watching the destruction on earth. Instead, John is now on earth watching the angel coming out from heaven approaching the earth. The angel that descended from God must have been very close to God, if not God himself. His descriptions were very similar to Jesus and to God who sat on the throne. Some people concluded that the angel is Jesus himself. We really don't know that for sure, but we know that he speaks for the Creator God with power and authority. The angel stood across the entire creation, the heavens, the land, and the sea, and he has a very important announcement to make for all creation. We pick up the story from chapter 10, verse 5. Then the angel I had seen standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven, and he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, the earth and all that is in it, the sea and all that is in it, and said, There will be no more delay. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished, just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. Here at last is the final and last piece of the puzzle that will complete all the messages of the prophets from the Old Testament. Now the mystery of God will be accomplished as the last trumpet is sound, ushering the final judgment of God's enemies and reward for God's servant. There will be no more delay. Remember back in chapter 6, the souls of the saints under the altar who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they maintained? Remember how they were told to wait. Now there is no more delay. We know that the souls that were killed included all the prophets of God in the Old Testament who were killed for proclaiming God's word and they were waiting for the fulfillment of what they have prophesied. Now all of that is complete and accomplished and God's will is finally done in heaven and on earth. The mighty angel pointed to the moment when the seventh trumpet is sounded and that's the moment the mystery of God is completed. So let's skip ahead to that moment to see what is this final picture that is being revealed. So come with me to Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Savior, and he will reign forever and ever. The Westminster Shorter Catechism summarizes it this way. The chief end of mankind is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. We now know the beginning from the end. In other words, 
we are all designed and created for the sole purpose of being with God forever and ever. That is our end goal in life, our purpose, our source of satisfaction. That is why unless we have Jesus, there will always be a hole, a longing inside us waiting to be filled. Creation begins with Jesus being with God. Creation is created by Jesus for Jesus. Adam and Eve were created for fellowship with Jesus in his kingdom. As a result of sin, the kingdom of God became separated from the kingdom of the world. The Bible tells us that that's what sin does. Sin separates us from God. We read about this in Genesis chapter 3. The rest of the Old Testament really could be summarized as God solving the biggest problem confronting us, the separation between God's kingdom and our kingdom, the kingdom of man. Augustine described this division as the city of God versus the city of man. The history of the Bible after Genesis 3, after the fall, is really the gradual revealing of God's plan to reconcile the two cities in the one perfect God-man, Jesus Christ. All the Old Testament prophecies and promises were pointing towards Jesus. All the prophets were looking forward to Jesus. They only had pieces of the picture, but now it's complete. Right? There is no longer any separation. In Jesus, we are all home, and we are all whole. You know, Understanding that we're all created to be in relationship with God through Jesus should cause us to reevaluate our priorities at the moment, shouldn't it? When you have Jesus, all the successes, all the failures in our lives are just that. They're incidentals in life. They don't define us. You don't build your identity based on what your net worth is or isn't. These things could be taken away from you just like that. And if you re- but if you receive the free gift of forgiveness and reconciliation with Jesus, then your identity is based on Jesus. His kingdom is now your kingdom and his kingdom will reign forever and ever. The other thing is, when we have Jesus, we learn to travel like in this world. Right? We're able to be content with what God provides for us daily and not feel the urge to hoard. You know, that's why we have the community care packs set aside. It's our way of being a blessing to our community. We give not because we want to blackmail God to bless us in return. We give because we've been blessed by God. And we know we are blessed to be a blessing so that others might come to know Him. The chief end of mankind is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. The kingdom of this world has now become the kingdom of God. Why don't you spend some time after listening to this sermon, either on your own or in your groups, to do some soul-searching? What do you think you, what do you want to be remembered for when your life on earth is over? The COVID-19 crisis has really shaken up all of us, hasn't it? Don't waste the virus crisis. Take this opportunity to glorify God by acknowledging that our lives are meant to live for the glory of God. Secondly, let's immerse ourselves in the Word of God as a result of reading Revelation chapter 10. See, back 
to chapter 10. What happens after we see the mighty angel make that really important announcement? While John was asked to take the little scroll from the angel's hand and consume it. And then get this, so that he can prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and king. Come with me to verse 10 and 11 in chapter 10. So John said, I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Then I was told, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. What does that mean? Here we see John experiencing a very similar calling as a prophet, like the prophet prophet Ezekiel, so that he can speak to God's people as a prophet. And the message that is given to John is really the gospel message about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. And so in the interlude, like the pause between the final judgment, uh, when everyone is going to be judged in this final judgment, there is a pause. But there is also an urgent call to preach the gospel again. In a manner of speaking, preaching, and or explaining the good news about Jesus, right, his death and his resurrection, is what the New Testament considered to be prophecy. Have a look at another passage in Revelation. Revelation 19 verse 10 says, you know, at this I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, right, don't do that. This is an angel speaking to John. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. So what this verse says is that the spirit of prophecy bears testimony to Jesus. Speaking the gospel is prophecy in the New Testament. And so we are all called to be small p prophets. Uh, But unlike the Old Testament prophets, we now see the complete picture of the puzzle. The mystery of God has been revealed. The mystery is that God chose to send the Messiah through a specific group of people, the Jews, Jesus was born from the Jews. Jesus was descended from Abraham and David. But the message of Jesus is for all peoples, nations, languages, and all walks of life. And so if we are to do this well, if we are to be small p prophets, then we need to ingest the word of God in us. We need to immerse ourselves in the word of God. The picture of John consuming the scroll reminds us of Psalm 19 verse 10. Let me read it for you. You The word of God is more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. Speaking about explaining the gospel, we're coming up to Good Friday and Easter Sunday really quickly. Uh, That's really creeping up on us, uh, even as our daily attention has been tuned to the rapid changes as a result of COVID-19. But Good Friday is a good time for us to remember the curse of sin and death on one hand and then to celebrate the cure on on the other hand on Easter Sunday. As a church community, we're still working out how we're going to observe this important occasion. Uh, We ask you to stay tuned to what the staff and elders will come up with and we will inform you uh, via our newsletter and website on how we're going to observe Good Friday and Easter Sunday together. 
Lastly, the last application, we are called to be witnesses for God. And here we need to model after Jesus, who is the big P prophet. Earlier, I mentioned that the perspective changed in chapter 10. John was no longer in heaven, but now on earth. And in chapter 11, the perspective narrowed even further to a particular place on earth, the temple in Jerusalem. See, it's all connected with the way the revelation of God is revealed to us in salvation history. Jesus was a Jew, and Jesus came uh, to his home, to the temple in Jerusalem, and here is also where was also where he was crucified. The city of Jerusalem is supposed to be like a city of God, but in reality it is being described here now like the city of Sodom and Egypt, a city of man. After John was given a reed, uh, an instrument of measurement to measure the temple, the narrative centers on the temple in Jerusalem and around two special witnesses. Actually, John identified them as two prophets in chapter, uh, in chapter 11, verse 10. And these prophets had a very contentious relationship with the Jews and the Gentiles. Um, they hated him. They hated the, pro- the, the witnesses. Uh, these witnesses, um, the two witnesses, exercised their prophetic ministry for three and a half years, 42 months, or 1,260 days really about the same length of time as the adult ministry of Jesus. And just like Jesus, Satan killed these prophets, but after three and a half days, these witnesses were resurrected and brought up to heaven. There's a lot of similarity between these witnesses and the ministry of Jesus. And so here's what I think is happening in chapter 11. I really can't comment on whether the events here are pointing to the future or referring to the past, Jesus' death and resurrection. But the similar the similarities are really striking. I think our best take-home application here is to reflect back on Jesus' testimony as God's prophet during the time when he was in Jerusalem. Jesus was really the prophet, the priest, and king. Many people believe that the two witnesses symbolically represented the law, Moses, and the prophets, Elijah. The important point is that all these is pointing towards the final trumpet blast, the seventh trumpet blast at the end of chapter 11. That's the final woe. God is going to judge the world and vindicate his servants. Uh, Listen to what the 24 elders say at the end of chapter 11, reading from verse 18. The nations were angry and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revered your name, both great and small, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. God is going to judge. Even the destroyers were destroying the world. That shows that God is still in perfect control and God is using judgment to save his people. I think that in the same way that Jesus is the big P prophet, priest, and king, we are all called to be small P prophet, small P priest, and small kings under Jesus. Now is the time to bear witness for Jesus. Even if the message that we give involves judgment. Remember the scroll that John consumed is both sweet and bitter at the same time, but it is the same message. 
without judgment, there is no salvation. And so we need to warn our friends, families, and neighbors not to ignore the message of Jesus. Because those who do are still living under the wrath of God. And now the wrath has come. Let me close this time with prayer for us. Heavenly Father, we live in uncertain times. The COVID virus is part of your plan for salvation for your world. Help us to be prophets, priests, and kings for you under Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening and stay in touch and stay close to Jesus.